Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Basil Wilbur. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Amen. I am very, very thankful that there's no Sunday school today. I'm sure there's a multitude of kids that are very unthankful. But um, I would just let you know that today is a special day for teachers. So it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> anyway, let's just pray. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Dear God, I, I just ask for your anointing. Help me, Lord, to teach. And dear God, I, I, would, I would ask that the hearts of the people be open, that there would be great teachers arise out of this congregation. And that the students that are in Sunday school and are going through Sunday school right now are grabbing a hold nuggets, Lord. That they'll use someday to bless families and people. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you may be seated. <clears throat> Today I'm going to talk to you about a substitute teacher. And uh, I, when... Uh, Brother Dennis was, man, he is tremendous. That guy sounds like Joel Steen, looks like Sinatra, and I got to follow him. And, uh, but he, uh, he made a point to uh, talk about a lot of things that I was going to talk about that I don't have to talk about now. So if you, if you didn't, uh, weren't here for Sunday school this morning, you need to listen to that message. And you can go online and listen to these messages, and it's real helpful. And tell your friends, and this stuff is, uh, you can use it over and over again like a song. We're still singing the same songs, right? That they sang in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm bound to hit somebody here, 80s. <clears throat> but today I was thinking about, uh, when he was up speaking, I just started thinking about some some of my notes and some of the times of my life and I was looking around at the folks here and all of a sudden I noticed uh, Glenna. Now, Sister Frazier, uh, I, and I don't mean to, uh, to point you out to embarrass you, but I think you're one of the most godly women I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and her mother, her mother was, uh, she was amazing, amazing. She didn't know how to feed people, but she was amazing. Every time I went to her house, she always tried to feed me something that wasn't childish. Like wheat bread, and I don't even think, I think wheat bread was a sin in their house even. It had to be probably rye or something else. But um, I was thinking this morning that Sunday school, my first Sunday school teacher was Glenna. At that time, her name was Glenna Dempsey. And um, it was in Appleton, and they were, her dad pastored a storefront church, and I was upstairs in her bedroom with her brother who threw ice ball and busted my head open, and um, he was part of the congregation, Kelly. And uh, But I was in her class, and I got to thinking some morning that I always wanted to go over and give her a hug, and, and then she reminded me that I might have been her first Sunday school kid. She was my first Sunday school teacher. And um, teachers have a big impression on the way kids think. The way that they're taught and the way that they're loved. 
Everybody wants to be loved. I have a whole PowerPoint. If I never get to it, we'll <laughs> be all right. But I got something to say this morning. I want to tell you about one student, and then I'll try to move on to my notes. But I really feel impressed that the Lord put this in my heart about teaching. I, I was, you know, I went to high school with Jeanette. I was fortunate to make it through high school. I had some friends that I could cheat off of and uh, some that, some teachers that just pushed me through. I don't know, but I made it. And um, when I got out of high school, I've, I considered, when I looked at the diploma, I considered myself really blessed that I would graduate from high school because, quite frankly, only one person in our family ever graduated from high school. And I was in a family of six kids. So I knew it was important, and I was amazed that I graduated. But I never, ever thought that I would be a teacher. Never. But then I went back to college and I, uh, for just an apprentice school, apprenticeship, and I started to learn how to, to do trigonometry. And, oh, that's why we use that? And I, and I learned other things, words that I could not even spell to this day. I learned those things. And um, I started to get excited about school. I started to feel real important about it, and I got a great uh, grade point average. And, yeah, and I graduated. And then they asked me if I could teach. So I started teaching part-time. So I taught part-time for years. And then all of a sudden, somebody asked me, and I got a full-time teaching job. And um, they asked me to come over to the high school, and they asked me if I would be in this meeting. Well, I've been in construction my whole life, and I taught apprentice, but this is my first year ever teaching high school. So the guys out in the field do not talk the same way as you do in high school. And I had to learn that. Thank God I had the Holy Ghost because I was already tough enough. Kind of talk like Brother Mitchell sometimes. But I was okay enough to be in high school. So I get over to this meeting and all these people are around and uh, they're talking. And I notice this kid at the end, he's got his head down and... Uh, I could tell that things were not going well in his life. So they kept talking about him and never talking to him. And he was just there, like a book on a shelf. And I was uncomfortable right away because I thought, I don't understand this, you know. And so they were saying things about his intelligence and this and that. And it all came down to the conclusion they looked at me after they were done talking, and, and they were talking about things way over my head. I had no idea what they were talking about. It was all politically correct stuff that I had no idea. And, um, but at the end, they asked me, they said, well, it's really up to you. And I said, well, what's up to me? They said, well, if you will allow him to be in your class. And I said, well, well did he sign up? And they said, but you don't understand. He has all these uh, these." Uh, uh, difficulties. He can't, uh, he has all these uh, things that he will do and he'll just s scream and start running around. He'll do all these things. And uh, so I asked him, you want to be in my class? And he looked up at me and said, yeah. I said, well, come on. And um, so first week, this kid just annoyed me so bad. I felt like maybe I'd made a mistake. 
And I asked him, I said, uh, I go, um, you know, uh, you're going to have to behave. And um, I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. I'm like, yes, there's tools in here, things. You're going to get hurt. Now, if you don't want to just sit here with me all day long, you're going to have to behave. And then I can trust you to do things. And so I started talking to him and treating him like all the rest of the students. And I started demanding things out of him that I would demand out of everybody else. And um, I asked him to behave like everybody else would behave. And it wasn't long, and he was doing these things. He would put his welding shield on, and he'd have his safety glasses on, and he started to weld, and he started to do a really, really good job. And I was shocked. I was really shocked. Then every once in a while, he'd start to misbehave, and then, you know, I would have to tell him, well, sorry, you can't weld, and he had to come back over by me. And then I had gum, because my wife always gave me gum in my lunch, and he'd see the gum. He'd see any candy that I had, and he'd want it. So at first, just to be his buddy, I started giving him candy every day. And then finally, one day he came in, and I must have been in a bad mood. He said, can I have some gum? And I said, no, no, no. He said, sit down. And he, he, he kind of looked at me funny. And I go, you know what, today is the day of learning sharing. You ever shared before? I don't know what sharing is. I said, well, you're going to learn it. I give you something, you give me something. I give you gum, you give me something back. I don't know what it is, but from now on, it's not just me giving you and you not giving me nothing. So after that, he started bringing me things. He'd bring me gum, he'd bring me a soda, or then he'd just bring me the weirdest things you ever seen in your life, like... I don't know, nuts and bolts or set it down and just, and Lord help me, I give out my phone number in the syllabus and he called me all the time. I'd be at the store and I looked down at my phone number and it was him. How doing old Basil? Just call and see how doing us. How doing old Basil? And uh, I said, I'm doing good. And, um, Anyways, I don't have time to tell the whole story. The only thing I, 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 I want to tell you this. He graduated out of my program not because of the kid that came in with his head down, but because he deserved it. He did the welds. He did the work. Now, I may have had to sit down and explain to him, what is this, and he had to give me the answer, but he did it all on his own. And he did it, and you say, well, that was, it was just a miracle that happened. I want to tell you something this morning. I really feel this in my heart. It was a teacher-student thing. A teacher-student thing. I think that if we really love our students, we will teach them well. And um, I, I definitely... I'm the first one to tell you that I am a hard teacher. I know that. And if you called up him today, he'd be like, oh, Basil, he's a horrid guy. He's a really tough guy, oh, Basil. But before he graduated, they had some program, and he fell into it. It was to be an assistant. And he came with the paperwork, and he was my assistant. I'm like, oh, Lord. 
Well, little Basil, we have to go to, we're going to have to go to lunch today, me and the old assistant. So I would take him to lunch, eat pancakes, and let me tell you what, this kid could eat. He eventually moved out of the home he was in that they just kind of treated him any old way. He got his own apartment. And the last I've heard from him, he was trying to get his driver's license. I just want to tell you, in case you missed the whole message, don't talk about people. Talk to people. Don't ever talk over your student. Talk to your student. And if they're not worthy of being your student, then don't teach them. Let somebody else. <clears throat> it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, and, and you have to have that connection. Want to go ahead and put it, is that working, that PowerPoint? I can't see who you are, I'd say your name. You throw that guy out of there, last guy was in there. Today we're going to talk about substitute teacher. Who likes substitute teachers? Right? My wife remembers when I was in high school, my sub had a substitute teacher. Her name was Miss Rabidou. And uh, she was a really good-looking lady. Well, anyways, I got in a lot of trouble because I put a, a piece of paper on her back, said, kick me, I like it, and it uh, didn't go over so well. And... Um, she wore it for two classes before I got hauled down to the principal's office, but I was a senior in high school. Who does that stuff? I expect more out of my kids. I mean, really? But substitute teachers, sometimes they really get it hard, you know? But if you give instruction to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Wouldn't you like to increase in learning today? Now, either you're here as a student or you're here as a teacher. But you are the one that makes the choice. Everybody says, well, I'm not a teacher. Well, I can, I can tell you right now that you can be a teacher. This is the greatest curriculum that was ever developed. Um, when I have to sit down and go through curriculum at school, I laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? That stuff's garbage. You want me to teach that? This is not. This is the real deal. A lot of people have tried to change it. A lot of people have tried to make it different. A lot of people have tried to make it to the fit their own ideas, but this is the real curriculum, the real deal. Amen? <clears throat> but when you get a substitute teacher, you know, they're a lot of fun. But that substitute teacher is left with the, with the responsibility to do what the teacher has asked them to do. Not to do what they are supposed to do on their own, but to do what the teacher has asked them to do. The substitute teacher is only there because the teacher is either out for being sick or is, is, is gone somewhere. Then the substitute teacher comes in and fills in. The substitute teacher's responsibility, again, is not to let them have a fun day off. Responsibility of the substitute teacher is not to just let them babysit them throughout the day. A substitute teacher is there to continue the work that the teacher had started. All of us should be substitute teachers of the real teacher. Jesus had started a work and he expects us to teach his curriculum. He expects us to get it right. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. What a, what a teacher writes on a blackboard of life 
can never be erased. You might have to apologize for it, but it can't be erased. And the reason why I brought that up is because there's many things I've taught my students where I wish I would have never said. Do you know that we teach for the good or for the bad? They watch all of our habits. And I'm really bad about wearing gloves. And so at school, my students are constantly reminding me, well, do we have to wear gloves? I'm like, well, what did the syllabus say? You have to wear gloves. Well, but you don't wear gloves. Well, just do what I said, not what I do. That's what my dad told me. But they're real careful. They watch you because they're really wondering whether or not you are what you say you are. Are your rules really the ones that we go by? You know, people come in all different shapes and sizes, and, and sometimes in class I look at them and I'm wondering, where are you from? And I'm sure they look at me that same way. Sometimes we just stand in the booth looking at each other. It seems like we got nothing to say because we're just looking at each other like, I don't get it. And they're looking back at me like they don't get it either. And what part of these shorts and those things, moccasins, you don't get? And they look at me like, are you serious? I'm really supposed to weld for an hour? Every day? So then they, people are all different. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Um, yeah, slow down now here. Let's go back one. See this one? If you could read what the guy is saying, he says, why the long face? Mm, let's go to the next one. These are fashion. These are uh, nice shoes. See how he's got little nice shoes? Makes him a little different than the other guy. The next one. This one, words will never hurt. Tell that guy. Let's go to the next one. The one is going to grandma's house and the other one is coming back. And the next one. This is an actual picture of that person to the right or to my right. But that person says, that looks nothing like me. This is a form of denial. It doesn't matter how thin you get. Even if you look like a stick, there's still denial. Next one. The one's got obviously a little bit bigger head than the other one does. And next one. Ah, this is my favorite. It says, don't worry about it. I got your back. I like that a lot. My wife and I, we laughed about that for, for quite a while. Of course, smaller entertainment really entertains Jeanette and I. Next one. This is what Brother uh, Dennis was talking about, a, a week's worth of work really looks like. And, and, you know, some folks don't even come to church on Wednesday to kind of get propped up a little bit. They try to go through the whole week without it, and you can see how it kind of does to you. And then Monday, and then you try to spring out of Friday. You feel that? Don't you feel good about that? Now, you're already thinking Monday's coming tomorrow. That's what that picture looks like to you. I've got to work tomorrow. Next one. This one is for Bill. You been lifting lately, brother? I think of Bill, I think of arms. Uh, the next one. This is me when I was 18. <clears throat> now, you think this is funny, but this is the truth, isn't it, Jeanette? Every one of my love letters to my wife, I always would put a stick man with a bicep, bicep going. It's, 
It worked then in 1985. Go to the next one. Who, who dares to teach must never cease to learn. Boy, you know when you've been in a class of somebody that's got material that they, they don't know what it's about. Now this material, even though it's old, it never gets old. But it's because the teachers search the scriptures to find out the nuggets that they can deliver to you. That's what makes it exciting. But the same old, same old that you've learned and heard ever since you was a kid, sometimes you're just like. That's what I think is exciting about our church. We get to listen to so many different people speak. And we got one of the greatest teachers that ever lived. I know that. And Pastor Kylie, we know that. Amen. It's like Dennis said today, we're blessed to have a great pastor. And he doesn't need us to teach, but he's teaching us how to teach and to do things and to develop. And, and just like you Sunday school teachers, I am so thankful that you're here today because you are so valuable. You know, when everybody's in here and we're really going through the big church and we all think that we're the ones that are really important and we think that we're the ones that are listening and boy, it's a good thing that we showed up, God, because man, we're real important in here. A lot of the real things are happening back in those classrooms when they take the fun things, man, I'm telling you what, if you're a teacher, let me tell you what's fun. What's fun is getting those blocks and you can stack up, those are fun. What's also fun is that felt where you get the little people and, you, and the sheep and all that and, you, and the staff and, the, and you put them up on the, that's fun. Paperwork, not so much. But you see, I'm a hands-on guy. I love Sunday school. I loved going in there and doing the things with Sunday school and the teachers were all prepared and they had worked all week and they were excited. I mean, they put more hours into their message than Pastor Kylie did because they were excited about the kids that they were gonna get there. And then all of a sudden, maybe one or two new students show up and, and they're excited to teach. The thing to be a teacher. You know, I have great teachers in my life and I, I can name them. Uh, and the ones that weren't that great, I don't really like those guys. Um, matter of fact, I sent a letter to one of them his name was Mr. Lazowski. he taught English. He might as well have taught Spanish for all I'm concerned. He never taught me nothing. I came into his class one time, he said, as many, people, as many classes as you missed, you ought, uh, you ought to be in a hospital. And he said, there is nothing in your future, and blah, 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 blah. So when I got my first paycheck of teaching, and I got the check stub, I sent it to him. <laughs> so how's it going? Because I may just not had the right teacher. Maybe you didn't inspire me to learn. Maybe your class was boring. <laughs> and folks, some of you grew up in classes that, you, man, you were, you'd be scared to death to be in a parking lot when it was over with. There's cars flying everywhere because their hour was over. I mean, mass was done and they were out of the parking lot. And uh, grab the women and children because we're leaving. Our time is up. Boring. I always tease my kids, and if, if I probably I'm going to say it anyway, so I like it. I always teach my kids, and I tell them, I'm like, my father got a new automobile, and I want one too. <laughs> I like that. 
I'm like, just be thankful you're in a, an apostolic church. Man, they dance around and shout about. Amen. Amen. And uh, Zach got home last night and he was teaching me something. He said, you know, Dad, because I, 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 I want to counsel with the boy because he's a man of wisdom. Uh, so I said, hey, do you got any nuggets that I could help tomorrow in my message? And he goes, well, he's pondered it for a minute. And then he came up with this profound thinking. He said, witness. He said, you know, Dad, if I was to witness something, I would want to know for sure that that person actually seen it. I wouldn't want somebody to witness something they never seen. For instance, that's why we have a church like Samorna, like Pastor said, you're witnesses of the presence of God. Zach said, you're witnesses that we have worship. You're witnesses that we did the baptism. You're witnesses. There's, I can't say the word, but it starts with the O, authenticity. Authenticity? Maybe it starts with an A. Someone like that. Authentic. And then you put the other stuff in the end. There's nothing like really teaching the real thing. You see it and you can teach it. There's teachers here that know how to lay hands on people and that they can recover from sickness. There's people here that know how to counsel with people that they are depressed. And they, there's people here that know how to do all kinds of things. And um, it, it takes many teachers to develop students. It really does. It does. Because uh, if you only have one teacher, man, you'll be exactly like him. And it's, it's good to have other people in your lives to, to help you. It really is. We don't all want to look the same. Really? I mean, I know you guys probably all want to look like me. I'm, I'm wanting to look like Dennis. But all of us don't look the same. And we don't really want to act the same. What a boring world that would be. That's why when you get in those classrooms, teachers, and you get the opportunity to teach, teach them something from your heart. Don't just teach them just a lesson. Teach them something. Be a witness. Folks, let me tell you about Joseph. But I was in a bad time in my life. I couldn't pay the rent. But God showed up. Tell those kids something that's real. Tell them the truth. Teach them something that's real. Don't just teach them about things, but teach them things. Amen? And tell them. And if you don't got nothing to tell them, come to, I got all kinds of stuff I can tell you. If you need examples, just come to me. I'll tell you. But Jesus was the real teacher. And um, a teacher came to him at night. His name was Nicodemus. And he said, I don't understand. And he goes on the scripture and he says, I know you're from the Lord. I know you're from God because you do these miraculous things. Jesus looks at him and says, you're a teacher. You ought to know these things. You've been teaching for how long and you didn't teach these things? You should know these things. And he says, well, I don't know these things. Teach me, old master. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again. You must be born of the water and of the spirit. So, folks, Jesus taught us that. It's a must be from the teacher. It's not a might be, a should be, a could be. It's a must be. You must be born again. It's not for you to change. You're not no substitute that come in with your own curriculum. It's teaching what the master taught us to teach. Amen. The next, the next slide shows, I, this is a picture, you're probably going to see it really well, but it's, it's, it's like a guy falling off the table and little dudes and they're trying to catch him. And can Jesus trust you 
to catch his words and to give it to the student. Can he trust you? You think about that. You think about that today as Sunday school teachers. <clears throat> oh, Fran, he's, he's been a man for years. And he's, that's why we have the Sunday school department we have. It's because of a man of God like that. And amen, let's give him a big hand. Fran isn't going to always be in every Sunday school class. And the Sunday school, he has to, uh, the, the folks in this church have to trust you that when you teach those kids back there, they have to trust you that, that, that you can teach them what the Bible says. So did you catch the vision of what God had? So can God in all, all reality teach you? Can, can he trust you? He gives you this, but can he trust you to teach it the way he wanted it to be taught? You with me? That's huge. Because this is the reason why. The next slide. Now, I'm a... Whoa. That's all right. Man, the way you sing, you can do anything you want. I just recognize who you were. You were the guy singing right here, right? Brother Hickey? You can do whatever. Let's go back a slide. Can you go back a slide? I think it's back a slide. There we go. Substitute. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. And, and it's for correction, for instruction. He already wrote the scriptures that you need. You don't need to come up with your own stuff. You don't need your own material. The only reason we're witnesses is because we got our own, our own things that happen to us. But we don't change the book. And when our life doesn't represent the book, when we don't really change the book, we get it out and read it again. Amen? But I love this. Pastor taught me this. Jesus adds and multiplies. The next slide. The false teacher, uh, Satan, subtracts and divides. He come to divide and subtract, but Jesus come to add and multiply. And um, so, you know, the, the false teacher, he would love to teach you things. He uses some truth and mixes with it. Now, I've did this before in, in, at school when I didn't know what I was talking about with certain things like metallurgy. I'd be like, um, yeah, this, that, and the other thing. Yep, okay. Because I had to almost be a false teacher because I didn't understand it at the time. I had to learn it. So I couldn't give them exactly what I needed. I would have been better off saying, read the book. Because if you don't understand it, don't just teach them some gibberish. Sit down with them and read the book together. Because the book itself will come alive. But if you don't understand it, don't just tell them some goofy stuff. Just, this, I know I'm the pastor. I'm just sharing that with you. Don't tell them some goofy stuff. Nothing worse than a, than a bad teacher. My uh, brother... His teacher told him one time, she said, all you're doing is taking up oxygen in this room. What a teacher, huh? Probably won a teacher of the year award, probably, huh? You're just taking up oxygen. Well, this is what the Lord goes on to say in the next slide. He talks about baptism. I got the little dudes there, and the one saying, in Jesus' name, and the other one saying, forgive me. And it all comes down to baptizo, meaning immersion. And... Uh, Becca told me that that's with a Z, and I forgot to change it. But um, in the Greek, baptizo means to be emerged. 
So that's why we have a dunk tank, so we can dunk them in there and bring them back and they can be alive. They can die and come back alive. That's what was today was. That old man dying and the new man coming up. That's what God has given us. Washing away. And there's no way that I got time to go through all the rest of these, so I'm just going to finish it with this. You have to trust me on this. Trust the teacher. In the Bible, it goes on to say about baptism, is the baptism is the washing away. It's, and what it actually does is, just like um, Noah's day, Remember when Noah had a boat and the boat was in the water? Let me slow down for you, Brother Sergio. When Noah had a boat in... I always wondering how it would be to interpret somebody like me. <laughs> but anyways, Noah had a boat in the water and Jesus said, or God said at the time, he said, build a boat, Noah, and save your family. Noah built the boat. He put together the things that the Lord told him to do he didn't put together the rain. He put together the things that the Lord told him to do. But then one day it rained. And then when it rained, it lifted up that boat with his family and it washed away all the evilness of the world. And Peter, it says, the same thing will happen as when you go through baptism, it's the same thing. All the evilness in your life. Folks, if you've never been baptized, please listen to me. Listen to the teacher this morning. If you've never been baptized, this is what happens in your life. All the evilness, all the ugliness, all the things you've did that you're embarrassed of, all the shame, all the corruptness, all the terrible stuff that you may have did. And even if you're a real nice person, you did something. All washed away. And you come out of that water as a brand new person. Now you say, that's not fair. That's God. That's not right. That person didn't deserve it. It's God. You see, if we were in control of who deserved it or not, this would be a rough place. But we're not. The person, the, uh, Philip goes to the eunuch and he says, the eunuch's reading Isaiah and he says, you understand what you're reading? You understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I except some man guide me? So he goes up with him and he starts reading the scriptures with them. And he says, oh, well, because he was a good teacher, the eunuch says, see, here's water. What hindereth me to be baptized? And he says, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, thou mayest. And he, well, I shut the chariot down. They both went down in the water and he dunked them. And the reason why was because he fulfilled the scripture that the Lord was talking about. Not because Philip said, man, you seem to be a pretty good guy. Yeah, I think you've been behaving lately. Maybe we'll go down there and, and we'll get dunked today. There was a requirement, and once the requirement of the student was answered, the teacher baptized them. So simple things like that are the things that we, the reason why that we're Christians, because we teach the things that God taught us. That's what our church is all about. Amen. So why don't we stand some morning? Here's what I would really like you to do. This may be difficult, but just work with me. Did all the kids stand too? I can't see them. So. Kids, do you hear me? Kids, can you hear me? All right. I don't see you visually, but it's like the Lord. You can hear my words. What I want to do this morning is this. Once you come to the altar... 
And I would like your Sunday school teacher, if they're here, I'd like you to just lay your hands on them or pray with them. And this is what I want you to do. I want you just to thank God that they were in your life. Can you hear me, kids? I want you to thank God for your Sunday school teachers. And some of you adults and some of you other ones, don't be so hard on your teachers. I've seen people that actually won people over to the Lord, taught them a Bible study, brought them in. They got their mind right. They got their life right. And the first first time their teacher did something wrong, they got mad at them, hated them, wanted to excommunicate them out of the church that they were never in at one time. Be careful how you treat your teachers. They're just humans doing their best. Maybe they were on their A game when they taught you. Maybe they're down and maybe it's your turn to teach them. Amen. Reward a little of the benefits. And then all the rest of us that are just standing as adults and teenagers, if, why don't you just pray with the folks that, that have taught you the best and taught you the most and the ones you love. And, and uh, you know, obviously all of us are going to want to run around pastor, but why don't you just take some time and there's people in the congregation that you sit at their homes and they open the word of God up. I think it wouldn't hurt anything to walk over and give them the four Fs. This is what my mom always taught me. Bless them financially, God. Bless them physically, God. Bless them spiritually, God. Why do I remember myself? Financially, spiritually, physically, and mentally. Financially, spiritually, physically, and mentally. You cover the four corners of the human being that you're praying for. Because believe me, we all need those things. Amen. So why don't we come to the altar? Sing something. Just take your time and pray with one another. You don't have to perform. Just be real. Sunday school kids, come on up here. Pray with your teachers. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.